So today, we're going to be in Luke chapter 14, and the title of today's message is Commit to be Committed. And um, we're going to be talking a lot about commitment, what that means and how important that is. Um, I think, in, again, in our society today, in the world we live in today, you know, commitment isn't really, it's not really that important. It's not really that, you know, it's, it's not really pushed and, you know, especially, you know, for instance, marriage. There is no true commitment nowadays. Very easy to get divorced for any reason. Um, and if you're not in love anymore, you know, it's get, you know, people just get a divorce. If, there's, and not just with that, also with fatherhood, you know, parenthood, um, there's just a, a lot of lack of commitment. And what we're going to be looking at today is just some of the words Jesus said about being committed. Now, in Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church, now one of the areas he addresses was how they were to conduct themselves when they got together to observe the Lord's Supper, communion. And if you've been with us during communion, one of the things that I really do, that I do here, is that we spend a couple of minutes to reflect, to self-examine, and to see if our hearts are right with the Lord, if, our, if, we've, if there's any unconfessed sin. That way we can bring it up to the Lord and be able to partake in communion together with a clean heart and, you know, with, you know just conf having confessed our sins. Now, Paul mentions that when the church gathers together for communion, yeah, we ought to examine ourselves to see if we're doing it in a worthy manner. Now, it is important. It's very important to do self-examination. It's important because it allows us to be brutally honest about ourselves in relation to God. It reveals to us our motives for doing things and the sincerity of our hearts. Have you ever just sat there and just said, why am I really going to church? Why am I really doing this? Am I, is my heart really there? Is it? You know, what is the reason I'm doing? Am I doing this for others or am I doing this really for the Lord? And it also reminds us who we serve and why we serve him. And one of the areas I believe that ought to be examined on a regular and just on a consistent basis is on whether or not we understand the cost of Jesus' call to follow him, understand the cost of commitment. Now, sadly, and many of you probably have seen this or know people, <clears throat> but there are many people in the church who say they believe in Jesus, but they really don't follow him. These are people who will outwardly boast about being a Christian, but inwardly they're following the ways of the world. Outwardly, they 
speak like a Christian. You've heard that term before. They speak Christianese. But inwardly, their hearts are corrupt. And when they're at work or at school or wherever it may be, nothing but vile words, anger, hatred, malice, backbiting, you know, just spews out. About these people who, again, are hypocrites, Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Jesus is undoubtedly clear when he said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And a few verses later, he, he then says, he who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And then again, he says in verses 23 and 24, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And the word which you hear, and the words, and the words which you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. Well, in our text today, Jesus will show us. Jesus will show us what it means to be committed, and that following him may cost us everything, may cost you everything that you hold near and dear to you. And this here reminds me, many of you know I was in the Marines, and you know I love Marine stories, and uh, it reminds me of this well-known story I heard years ago. Three recruiters were to address high school seniors. Each recruiter represented a branch of the military, the Army, Navy, and the Marine Corps. And was to, uh, and each one was to have about 15 minutes. The Army and Navy recruiters got carried away, so when it came time for the Marine to speak, he just had two minutes. He walked up and stood utterly silent and for, uh, for a full 60 seconds. Half of his time was already gone. Then he said, I doubt whether there are two or three of you in this room who would even stand a chance in the Marine Corps, but I want to see those two or three immediately in the dining hall when we're dismissed. He turned smartly and sat down. When he arrived in the dining hall, there was a crowd of students interested in the Marines. You see, the recruiter knew that commitment cannot take place without recognizing the potential for difficulty. That it's going to be challenging. Commitment is it's not going to be easy. So before we get into God's word, let's pray once more and ask him to really speak to us this morning. Lord, Heavenly Father, uh, you've been so wonderfully good to us this morning. And you've been so good to us this entire week, Lord. And when it comes down to it, Lord, you've been so good to us our entire lives. Yes, Lord, we've made some bad choices and decisions. And 
and we've had to reap the consequences for those choices and decisions, Lord, but we know that you are good and that you want what's good for us. That you have a plan and purpose that is good and to accomplish your will and purpose, Lord. Now, Lord, I just pray that you will speak to us now and with these words, uh, with your words, the words of your son, Jesus Christ. May we truly understand what it means to be committed. Lord, that you want us to be committed. That's what we need, Lord, especially as men. So now, Lord, just hear us now. Let us hear you and minister to us now. Pray these things in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 25. And the word of God says, Now great crowds were traveling with him. So he turned and said to them, If anyone comes to me, and does not hate his own father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters. Yes, even, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost to see if he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, after he has laid the foundation and cannot finish it, all the onlookers will begin to ridicule him, saying, this man started to build and wasn't able to finish. Or what king going to war against another king will not first sit down and decide, not sit down and decide if he is able with 10,000 to oppose the one who comes against him with 20,000? If not, while the other is still afar, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. In the same way, therefore, every one of you who does not renounce all his possessions cannot be my disciple. In our passage here, Jesus sees this huge crowd, this enormous crowd. I imagine a football stadium-sized crowd that had been traveling with him. And then he begins to speak to them directly. Usually he would speak to his disciples and you know, maybe to a group here or there, but now he's, he's speaking to this large crowd. And you see, you see, he does this because he wants them to fully understand what it means to follow him. Now regardless of the reasons they've been following him, he really wants them to know, to understand what it means. Now, real quick, for clarification purpose, purposes, being a, follower, being a follower of Christ is synonymous to being a disciple and also being a Christian. So I might use those terms interchangeably here. Now keep in mind also that they're all uh, one and the same, those three words, a Christian, a Christ follower, um, a disciple, uh, 
And so I wouldn't want, I don't want you to get confused when I use those terms. Now, within the entire passage, Jesus clearly states where the cost, uh, where the cost of following him will affect them the most. It will cost loyalty, life, and personal ambitions. It will cost them in a way, in the way they make their decisions. It will cost them to sacrifice everything. The first cost of following Jesus will be that devotion to him will, ha- will have to take precedence over everything else. Devotion to him, following him, being devoted to Jesus will have to be more important to you, to a believer, to a Christian, to a follower than anything else. Think about those things that you're devoted to. And I might touch upon them here as we go through this message, but think about what it is, whether it's to a hobby, whether it's to family, whether it's to your career. You know, think about those things. Keep those things in mind and ask yourself, are you devoted to those things? Although, are you devoted to the things more than you are to Jesus? Well, and you have to excuse me. I've got allergies and I've got a lot of stuff going on back there. But in verses 26 and 27, he specifically vo- focuses on three areas that I personally believe have the most meaning to people. And he knew they were important to those people listening to him. And I believe even to this day, these three areas have the most meaning to us right now, to many of you. Now, the first area is family. Now, if you were to ask me, I'd have to say that this area holds the most value. Um, My family is important to me. I love my wife. I love my children, especially after everything I put her through. And, you know, I, when I started having children, I, I totally wanted to be a different dad than my father was to me. And I realized and I knew that even if things didn't turn out well, if, even if I had continued in my sin and would have divorced my wife and I would have continued to be supportive towards my children. I wanted to commit to them. And I think maybe that has to do with the way my mom raised me. Um, But for me, my family is important. They are very important to me. That holds the most value. And also, for a lot of people, I think also here in El Paso and in this area, maybe also, you know, um, culturally, um, nothing else supersedes the devotion to family. You know, it's all about the familia, right? Now, the point Jesus is making here is, again, our love, our devotion And loyalty towards him ought to be more superior than that of our families. And so that's the challenge here, is when you think about that, when you think 
about where your devotion lies. You have your family on one side and Jesus on the other. Who has all your loyalty? Who has all your devotion? Who has all your love? Now, yes, I, I know because I have a family myself, that you can have these things and you can be devoted, you can have love and you can have, be loyal to your family, but your love, devotion, and loyalty to Jesus ought to, ought to outweigh it ought to be far more superior, far greater than that of your families. I know it may sound harsh to some of you, and, but that's the reality. When you're following Jesus, he wants your full heart. He wants you to surrender everything to him. And I will tell you again that the only way you'll be able to really, truly, truly love your family, the only way you really be able to have that devotion and that loyalty towards him is by first having it with Jesus. By being devoted to him, being loyal to him, loving him. Once you have that, once you understand that, it makes it a lot easier. You understand it more. You understand what, it, what that means to have that for your family or give that to your family. Be able to appreciate them more. And as I mentioned, I took my, a lot of my, my, well, I took my family for granted for a very long time. And it wasn't until I committed my life, when I recommitted my life to Jesus, that I began to really understand. I took my vows more seriously. I took my oaths more seriously. I knew what Jesus I finally understood what Jesus did for me, the sacrifice. And that's the kind of heart that he wants me to have also towards those that I love. I know it's hard for some people. He tells, again, he says, you ought to have your commitment towards him, your love towards and devotion should be greater than that of your families. So Christian brothers and sisters, and all of you who, who are maybe watching, listening, who desire, who really want to follow him, again, the question is, are you willing to love Christ more than your family? Now, the second area he touches on is the self. Others believe that self-existence is what matters the most and are willing to do and say anything to stay alive. Take all kinds of potions and remedies to extend their life, and you know, they take all kinds of, you know, they you know, do all kinds of surgeries to make, them, make themselves look younger, and there's all kinds of stuff out there you know, that is, focuses on the self. You know, there's people want to live forever. People want to just keep going. They don't want to die. They're, they're, they're scared of dying because they don't know what is out there. They don't know if there's really something out there after death. And so they're willing to do anything that possible to extend their lives. 
In this verse, Jesus is stating that following him ought to be far more valuable than your own life. And just a few chapters prior to Luke chapter 14, in Luke chapter 9, verse 24, Jesus mentions this about life. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it? For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and his fathers and the holy angels. You see, Christian brothers and sisters, and those, again, who desire to follow Jesus, are you willing to pay the cost of your life for being a follower of Christ? Now, I'm not saying, again, to go out there and, and purposely give up your life. No, a time will come if it's necessary. We may, you know, we, we're not, we, don't have to, we don't have to deal with persecution in that sense here in the United States. But if it were, and your life was on the line just because you were a Christian, a follower of Jesus, would you deny him? Would you deny being a Christian just so you can extend your life? Or would you proudly say, you know, yes, I'm a believer. I'm a Christian. I'm proud of it because I know what he did for me. And I know that this life, the life I live now, doesn't compare to the glory that awaits me. Again, loving him, being with him, it's more important. It should be more important than your own life. The third area we see here it's personal, personal ambition, where it says bearing your cross. Bearing your cross implies giving up everything you've ever wanted to accomplish in order to follow Jesus. This area might be especially difficult for people who are driven to succeed in their careers or are driven to be financially wealthy who are driven to reach a certain, the top of the ladder, whether it's, again, their careers or, you know, some people want to be, you know, you've seen some of these people that are willing to do anything and say anything just to be on the top of the political ladder. But, yeah, that can be tough when we're told again to bear our cross to bear your cross, to follow him. Personal ambition. I mean, what are your personal ambitions? And does that supersede? Is that more important than following Jesus? In the second chapter of Mark's gospel, we're told that 
Matthew left his lucrative career as a tax collector when Jesus called him to follow him. You remember that story? Jesus just walked up to him and said, Hey, Matthew, come, follow me. He left it. He left his career and did that. So Jesus, again, approach you when... Here, just imagine this. If, if Jesus was sitting next to you right now, was sitting right there next to you, and asked you, come, fo- come follow me, would you drop your career? Would you drop everything? If you needed to, if he asked you to, to come follow him. Now, again, he understands your situation. He understands your, you know, what condition you're in, what's your family and all that. Again, he's not going to, you know, unless there's a reason and purpose for it. I, I, again, I, I, I don't want to go there because it can get really complicated, but would you say yes? I'm willing to drop it all to come follow you. Or would you be like, oh, I've got got too much going on right now. got too much in life. I've, I've, I will once I reach the top of that ladder that I'm striving for. Once I hit that millie in my bank account. That's not what he wants. He wants you to be devoted and to follow him now, today. To let go of your personal ambitions let go of that and hold on to him and he will give you new ambitions he will give you new goals he will just give you a new passion and it's going to be far greater than anything you can imagine brother and sister in Christ and also those who desire to follow Jesus are you willing to give up your worldly ambitions in order to follow Jesus Christ. Now, in regards to all three of those areas I mentioned, personal ambition, self, and family, Jesus explicitly, explicitly says that whoever is unwilling to let go of them for him cannot be his disciple harsh. Again, it's straight to the point, blunt. If you're not willing to let go of those things, if those things are more important to you than him, he says, you cannot be my disciple. Again, using the other words here, you can't be really a Christian. You can't can't be a follower of Christ. You can't really follow me. Can't be my disciples. You cannot be my disciple. So one of the costs, one of the costs will be your loyalty, your, your life, and your personal ambitions. Are you willing to give up those things for Jesus? Let's look, let's look at the next one. As followers of Jesus, we will have to carefully and wisely consider the cost of our actions. In verses 28 to 30, Jesus uses the example of an imprudent builder who began but couldn't finish a project. 
this is the person who doesn't understand what he's getting himself into and later realizes the expense was greater than what he anticipated. In verses 31 and 32, Jesus uses the example of a prudent military commander who wisely considers his options when going against an enemy that clearly outnumbers him. This is the person who carefully thinks about what to do when the odds are against him and wisely chooses the right course of action. And so what we see, what, uh, so we see that another cost of following Jesus will be the way you make your decisions. The way you make, you decide to choose to do one thing or the other. And this here then brings us to the third cost. In verse 33, Jesus sums it up by that the cost of following, following him will be sacrificial. This is the genuine and absolute willingness. The genuine and absolute willingness to give up temporal goods in service of Christ. These are all the things that you hold more valuable than God. These are those idols in your life that take your love and attention away from God. That can be your house, it can be your car, it can be your television, your computer, again, your hobbies, it can be your career, it can be anything that takes you, takes your focus away, takes your attention away from God. Those are your idols. Those are the things that you're, those idols that you maybe secretly harbor or keep in your heart. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, name them all. You know, you really know who those, what those idols are. He's saying, get rid of them. Get rid of those things. If you truly have a heart and want to follow Jesus, you got to start getting rid of those idols. Those things that are distracting you. Please understand that, again, our God doesn't want your mediocre sacrifices that you can just easily give up. Okay, Lord, you know, I have, I think my idols are tacos, and I'm just going to give those up. You know, or my idol is, you know, this television show I watch on a weekly basis. I'm going to give that up. No. It's easy for you to give up, and you just, it's, if it's not that important to you, then the you know, Lord knows. The Lord knows your heart. He wants those things that if you give up, if you give those things up, man, it's going to hurt you. You're going to be like, ah. Oh. Those, those are your idols. Those are the things you want you to give up. Jesus wants to be the God of your life your entire life. He wants you to love him with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. You know what that means? That means with your entire essence. That means mentally, spiritually, emotionally. He wants you to be in love with him, to surrender 
your life to him, when you surrender your life, when you surrender those three areas, your heart, mind, and soul, begin your relationships, everything will begin to change. You have a new vision, a new, a fresh vision, a, f- a fresh perspective on things, on life, on people, on your loved ones, on your friends, on those things that you hold near. You're more willing just to let it go. If you lose your house, you're like, Lord, you know what you're doing. You're going to provide. Yeah, it sucks. It's horrible. But Lord, I, I trust you because I know you love me. And I'm going to continue to be devoted to you. If you lost your career today, will that be the end of your world? I was there. I did lose my career. But by that point, I had gotten to that place where I did trust God. I did trust God, and, and, and I did. I, those were my prayers. Lord, I don't know what's going to happen but I trust you. And I know that you have a plan and that you will provide and that you've called me also to provide for my family, to take care of my family. Sure enough, right at that point when our funds had completely dried up, I got a call from my union rep, the union lawyer saying, hey, the agency wants to give you your job back. Can you come in? Yeah, you've got to do these certain things in order to... But I was like, okay, yeah. Lord, thank you. I didn't freak out. I didn't, like, start, you know, crying and losing my mind. And No, I just trusted in the Lord. So... That's just a story of mine, but what is it for you? I, I tell you, you know, sometimes it's hard. Like, I, I love my little daughter, and I couldn't imagine anything happening to her, but she's in God's hands. She's God's child. Ever since she was a baby, you know, I dedicated her to the Lord. I know he, he loves her more than I do. but I don't want to make my daughter or my wife my idol either. I think that's what a lot of people do. And it gets them into a lot of trouble, a lot of problems. They make their kids and their wives their idols. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. I just always want to trust in the Lord that he knows he has their best interests in mind. And I just pray and hope that if he ever decides to take him home early, that I just will have the strength. And the only way I'm going to have the strength to endure, to keep going, to move on, and not fall back into my alcoholic ways or my addictive ways is to just trust in him, keep my eyes on him, to remember how much he loves me and what he did for me. My wife once time, you know, she tells me, she one time she told me if if I was to if I was to die, don't make that an excuse. And she didn't have to say anymore because I know what she meant. 
Lord, I, I was like, love, I, as long as I have the Lord, as long as I keep my eyes on him, and that relationship remains strong with the Lord, you don't have to, that's something that you, need, you don't need to worry about right now. So, you know, again, I, I love them, but I know that God loves them more than I do. Now, as I close up here, short message, I know, but this is, this, again, this topic, this topic of commitment is very important. This passage ought to reveal to you that they, there will be an enormous price to be paid if you really want to follow Jesus as a, as a Christian. Now, some of you have already paid, maybe already paid an enormous price for following him. Maybe you've lost relationships. Maybe you lost friendships, jobs, or careers. Um, some of you lost businesses. And you know what that means, what that entails. You've paid that enormous price. Now, if this is you, I want to remind you of Something else Jesus said. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 19, verses 28 and 29. Assuredly, I say to you that in, in the regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel and everyone who has left houses or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my namesake shall receive a hundredfold and inherit eternal life. He will give you more than you can ever imagine in his kingdom. Not only that, you're going to have eternal life. You've heard me say this before. Our life right now, the 80, 70, 80 years that you know, we have on this earth, it's minuscule. It's, it's a drop in the bucket compared to eternity. And we don't have to deal with all the mess, all the heartache, all the tears, all the pain that we had to go through in this life. He's saying that, man, if we give all that stuff up for him, what you're about to receive, what you're going to get is far more valuable, far more valuable than what you will ever have here on this earth. I'll tell you what, I'm looking forward to that. I am so looking forward to that day. You know, I like I, I, I do. I think I've given up a lot. When I rededicated my life, one of, this, one of the things I thought, Lord, what about this and what about that? And that's what I was complaining or arguing with him about. And it's like, don't worry about that. You know, just come follow me one day at a time. Take just one step at a time. He did. He took care of everything, but I was. I was worried about what about my friends? What about 
my career, I have so many, you know, what about the job I know I might lose it, but if I get it back, you know, I want to do this and I want to do that. You know, I've given up, I've decided to give up so many things in my career, you know, promotions, extra duties, um, going to teach or, you know, doing all kinds of, going to Washington DC, that's something I wanted to do as well. Um, but I've given all that up to do this, to be here, because this is what he's called me to do. You know, I think that I probably could have been one of them higher ups there in, in DC if I continued to pursue, if I wanted to pursue it or keep going. I've got 16 years in, I got four more years to left to retire. I can do a lot more still, but, and I can keep going if I wanted to up until I'm 57. But no, my heart is here. My commitment is to the Lord. My commitment is here to this church. Even if nobody is committed here, my commitment is here. We've seen a lot of people come and go here at this church. A lot of people that have stayed and have said they're committed. But didn't really see it. They're committed to coming on Sundays, but are you committed? There's a lot of people who haven't been committed to want to serve, to want to see the church here grow, to want to minister, to, to pray with others, to serve others. Do you have that heart of commitment to a church, whether you're watching this online in your local church, wherever you're at, or, you know, here, you know, it's going to entail you wanting to serve. Like, you know, I know that mentioned, we need, you know, those windows need to be cleaned. I know I can't really do it. I need someone to help out. Isaac, you know, he does a lot around here. You know, he, I, I seen that heart of, and he's willing to do anything for you guys. Not because he's doing it to impress me or to impress any of you. He's doing it for the Lord. Because he has that heart. He's committed to the Lord. I'm committed to, I'm, you know, again, I could only do so much with the time that I have. And I do my heart's desires to want to be here more, to minister more, to do more, have more services. You know, but I got to be faithful to what he's given me. And I can't neglect my family. I can't neglect my rest, my sleep. You know, um, I got to take care of what he's given me. But, you know, once the opportunity comes up, you know, I'm willing to give it all up just to continue to serve, continue to, to be here and to love you more and to, to show you. I, I, I do, I just, you know, I, I wish you could see how much I, I pray for you guys and how much my heart just, you know, I want to see each and every one of you continue to grow and fall in love and, with the Lord and, and, Grow as a Christian, and everyone here, everyone has been here. I've seen the potential of them to be, for God to use them in such a great and mighty way, whether it's out in the mission field, whether it's teaching in a pulpit, or whether it's just serving, whether it's just standing back there and welcoming people to come to church. You know, whether it's you know, back there with the media, helping Sam out with the media. Those are, the Lord wants to use you in so many ways, but, you know, 
I'm not going to push you to do it. I'm not going to order you to do it. I'm going to encourage you, but I'm going to leave it up to you. Are you committed? Yes. You know, like I said, I've, we've had people here that said they've, they're committed, but they just, you know, that's great. They sit here and they listen, and, and I'm not going to bat against that. You know, there's a lot of people who need to hear the word and need to get taught. But eventually, as a believer, as a Christian, you, you get to a certain point where you should get to a certain point where you're like, okay, now I want to give. I want to start doing stuff. And this, that's when you start doing stuff, when you start having that mindset, the same heart that, you know, that, 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 that similar heart that, you know, I had, that Isaac has, start seeing more of these chairs fill up. Start seeing church growth here and you know but that's what I'm looking for too. I'm looking for men, for leaders that have that heart. That will be able to come here and and, and we'll be able to discuss what's best for the church. How we should what should we you know what kind of outreaches should we do? How can we help people become more committed? So yes, I'm looking for men who are committed, men who have that heart for Jesus, men who have a humble heart, that have that broken heart, that have that heart of also submission, that aren't going to want to show anybody up but just to have that heart, just like, hey, I, I just want to follow Jesus, and, and I, want to, I want to see the church here grow. But again, um, that commitment. He wants to see that commitment in your heart. Um, now, again, um, I have no doubt that some of you are unwilling to pay the price of following Jesus because the cost is probably too much to give up. I want to be clear about this because, as I mentioned, I've been there. Be very careful. The longer one stays in this condition, the easier it gets to ignore their calling to obey and to follow him. It doesn't take very long for a person in this condition to just start justifying the reasons why the high price of following Christ doesn't apply to them. Friends, just from personal experience, God has been known to take those things that we're unwilling to freely give up. He'll just snatch them away. If you're unwilling to give it, and it's interfering with your relationship to him, he will. He'll just snatch it, take it, and it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt bad. But he's going to show you I'm doing it for a reason. You ever take candy from a kid? <laughs> yeah, you don't, I'm sure it's not a pretty scene if you've seen something like that. That's what he'll do. That's what God will do. But it's for your best. He's God. And everything 
even from the breath in our lungs, belongs to him. It's all his. He gives it and he takes it away. He gave you your wealth. He gave you your house. He gave you your car. He gave you your career. Now, I don't want to get all deep into what I mean by that, but really, he did all that. Think about those people that are will, have been wheelchair-bound since the day they were born. He blessed you. And now you have all these things. He, he gave those things to you. So yeah, he can easily take it away. I've heard so many testimonies, testimonies so many stories of God doing that in people's lives. Took away my millions, took away my billions, took away my family, took away my career, took away all those things to bring me to this, this, broke, to this point where I was broken at the bottom of my barrel. For me to come crawling in my knees, on my hands and knees, and ask him to forgive me for my pride. Again, all that. Your life, yes, even your life belongs to him. So if you're been watching this and hearing this from online, and whether it's live or the recording later on, then you haven't made that commitment you or maybe you say you you're a christian but you're not really following you don't really don't have that commitment you see now what it means you will get it now get what it means to follow christ i hope that you understand that yes you can be committed and you he wants you to be committed, but it's not going to be a walk in the park. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be some challenges. It's going to be difficult. But again, I hope if you do decide to commit, that you will count the cost before coming to Christ. God doesn't want part of you. He wants it all. He wants all that is in you and around you. But listen, the rewards for following him are far more valuable than anything this world will ever offer you. Remember, the devil tempted Jesus by offering him the world. You can have it all if you just bend the knee. Jesus wouldn't. The world was to offer you everything. Would you be, would you accept it? Would you be like, no, I'm committed to Jesus. I'm committed to God and I'm going to follow him. Again, what's ahead of you, what is in store for you, it's far more valuable. Eternal life in a new body with a new name in a place where there'll never be darkness or you'll never have to experience tears or 
suffering and pain. Are you willing to make that commitment today? Don't let another day go by. Make that commitment. Commit to be committed. It's well worth it. The Lord will embrace you no matter what you've done, no matter how far you've fallen. He will accept you. He will love you and embrace you and he will rejoice with you for coming back. If you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior, you're willing to commit to him now and you want to make him the Lord of your life. I want to lead you in a prayer to do that. He wants you to, this prayer's got to be sincere, straight from the heart. Once you pray this, you will, you will come, the Holy Spirit will come make his life or will come and um, live in you. Start seeing things, as I said, differently. It's, it's, it's a new life, completely different. So if you want to do that, um, I want you to close your eyes and bow your head. Pray this with all your heart. Lord Jesus, come before you now and confess my sins. I know that I'm a sinner and that I've blown it. Now I believe that you died on the cross for my sins, that you rose from the grave three days later. I confess you now as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for what you did there on the cross. Thank you for saving me. I accept your forgiveness. And I ask you now that you fill me with the Holy Spirit so that he will help guide me and teach me and instruct me and show me your ways to show me the truth of your words all the days of my life. Pray this in your name. Amen. Thank you so much for visiting us here at Fresh Vision Calvary Chapel. We hope you were blessed by Pastor Angel's message. For more information about Fresh Vision Calvary Chapel, such as our service time or how to get connected, please visit our website at fvccelp.com. If the Lord is leading you to give to the ministry of Fresh Vision Calvary Chapel, there's a PayPal link in the video description below. Once again, thank you so much for visiting us here at Fresh Vision Calvary Chapel. We hope to see you again soon.